You're listening to episode 310 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey with season two of the German Netflix series, Dark. And, uh, yeah, you were telling me uh, the house is quiet these days. Yep. We got uh, one kid house-sitting in Arkansas, two kids at summer camp, and one kid who's 16 and wants to just work and be with his friends and wants nothing to do with his family, his parents at least. So, uh, yeah, it's been pretty much my, my wife and I for like the last two weeks. Cool. So what's the main show you guys have been binging together? Um, so we did, uh, the, we are in season three of The Handmaid's Tale now. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is pretty good. And then uh, the uh, we know the girls come home from camp on Friday, so uh, which is actually the day this drops that we will have the the girls back home, and uh, they're going to want to watch uh, Stranger Things three when they get home. So we previewed that uh, because our sons had watched it and said that, especially for the the soon to be eleven year old, they're like she can't watch this. Okay. And we were like, well, she's watched season one and two. Like, no, she can't watch this season. So <clears throat> so we watched it, and it's going to be, I mean, I don't know. It's its a tough call. The new season is very violent, much darker than the previous two. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough because she's already seen it, and her sister's going to watch it and everything. So I think it's going to be kind of youngest child syndrome where, you know, like the youngest child gets to do everything the older ones did earlier because – you know, they're doing it and she just chimes in. Right. And by the time she's in high school, it's just, uh, you know, just come home sometime this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Um, all right. Before we get too far, I want to remind you guys that we do have a Patreon account if you'd like to support Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. And you can find the link on our website, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch.podbean.com. Or you can just go to patreon.com slash sci-fi tv rewatch and you know there's some goodies that we'll offer to those that choose to become a patron so you can check that out if you'd like to contact us with some episode feedback questions whatever emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com go to the website leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab record your own audio clip if you'd like and send it to us as an attachment but as always, we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. All right. Now, the only piece of news I want to bring up this week, and I mean, it's really internal news, if you will, is that we want to acknowledge our German listeners whose numbers have spiked. And I suppose it's not surprising that listeners right. from Germany has increased during our look at dark, but you know, we hope you guys will stick around after we complete this fabulous Netflix series. So Willkommen Deutschland. Yes. Oh, nice. So, yeah. All right. Now See, I, I just do thought that a- up right now. I didn't even know you're going to say that. All right. That's how genius I am. Cool. All right. Now I do have a tip of the week. Uh, I don't know if you do. Um, I guess all right, I said them. Okay. We'll go with, Stranger Things 3 and Handmaid's Tale. How about that? Okay, cool. All right. Now, uh, for me, Netflix has released a trailer for the upcoming science fiction series, Another Life. And the series, which is going to have 10 episodes, follows Commander Nico Breckenridge, played by Katie Sackhoff, who we know from Battlestar Galactica. And she's leading humanity's first interstellar mission after an alien artifact lands on Earth. It uh, also stars Selma Blair, who I, I really like her, and I can't think of what I've seen her in. But uh, Another Life drops on Netflix July 25th, 2019. And speaking of Stranger Things, this is my other tip of the week. If you are a Stranger Things fan, don't freak out when the show and its actors are not nominated for an Emmy and those nominations come out this week because it missed the cutoff date. And like a a lot of shows, it's going to have to wait until 2020. From what I know, it's going to get a boatload of nominations, but it's not going to be until 2020. So crazy. All right. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to season two, episode four of dark titled the travelers written by Yante Frisia and Martin Benke, who have co-written three episodes together in season one, 
directed, as always, Baron Bo Odar. So, dude, we get a lot of revelations, you know, viewers, uh, characters. Shaw. Yeah, so really cool. I, I love the sick mundus equals the travelers so you know we've got that out there not that we didn't piece that together so adam is jonas and i don't think that was a total shock no and you know like when i had said like back in episode one that you know adam is someone that we know you know I, i know some people saw that as a spoiler but my take is, come on. I yeah. mean, obviously, he's going to be someone we know. And really, by the, yeah, by the time the reveal actually happens, you, you've, you've probably already narrowed it down to it's basically got to be Jonas. Especially when we hear him talking in this episode about the older Jonas telling about how Claudia, kind of speaking against Claudia, right? We always thought that they were on the same side, but it appears that not so much in this episode right but i also wonder if they were on the same side at some point because it almost sounded you know and again you never know with with subtitles and and dubbing if if we're actually getting it right accurately but it almost sounded like that she was working with him but something happened that she's no longer on on the team well she did get killed oh she did get killed and and for for me a lot of Facebook group posters have have sort of you know predicted that Jonas was going to turn out to be Adam or vice versa. You know, I'm not so sure I can admit that I saw that. Uh, like you, I certainly knew it was going to be somebody that we knew. But the scars that we see on Adam, he yeah. sort of implies that they're a byproduct of time travel or something else. And it reminded me of Fringe. Do you remember the character David Robert Jones? Yes. Who, as he would travel through dimensions, it, it, it was like he and his body was breaking down as well. So I wonder right. if, if if that's what we're dealing with here. And uh, since you finished the series, you you may know. Although since we know we're getting a third and final season, that might be something they're holding until then. We'll see. Um, it's the really the, the big card that I was holding on to is that Jonas was Adam. So okay. that one's out there now. So. Cool. Well, you know, we've always talked about the editing being so good, how they'll go from a close-up of one character and it transitions to a close-up of another character, and it might be the same individual in different timelines. I love that scene. Jonas in 1921 enters the caves, and it seems as if it's the same time as Magnus and his group in 2020. You know, Ellie... Ellie feels the vibration. Of course, that turns out to be Bartosh, but I love how they did that. And, and, you know, they continue to do that. But did you get the sense that they were in the cave at the same time or? Um, Yeah, you definitely think that. um, I think the first time I saw it, I was almost half expecting. Well, I mean, we knew the cave wasn't done. First of all, We, we learned that in the very first scene of this season. So when Jonas enters the cave, we're like, dude, it's it's not done. You're, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. But yeah, you had a feeling that that was kind of happening at the same time, but like 66 years apart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's something that we'll, we'll get to in a little while uh, about the time jumping. No, 99. 99 years apart. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I can't even write it. Something yeah. like that. Because he's in but- 21 and they're in 2020. Right, right. So that's 99 years. So, uh, I guess another idea that gets driven home even more in this episode, although we're not given any explanation, is the whole religious connection to Sigmundus. Is the religious component here simply a misdirect? Um, and again, you probably know that, but but certainly for me, that's one of the questions I have. I mean, you know, we, we've got the church, we've still got Noah wearing the collar and and crucifixes all over the place and and there does seem to be a certain reverence involved but uh, that that seemed to be more out front in this episode yeah well i, I think as i said before i mean noah has always struck me as like a true believer his application of christianity is spotty at times uh he might want to check out that part about the thou shalt not kill uh, commandment, but uh, you know it's it's in there. Noah, check it out. 
but other than that, his faith in you know he could maybe label as God, but just this kind of belief that there is some higher power that is operating in the lives of people. You know, we get that one little scene in 2053 where Future Girl is staring at the God particle and then she leaves the room finally and finds Elizabeth holding a rifle on her. And, you know, we've got this confrontation and Elizabeth tells her that they say it's a piece of God, but I think it's a piece of the devil. So, you know, in terms of the religious uh, importance, again, that's, I think we have to consider that. So who's good, who's evil? I guess that's one of the great things about dark is that we still really have very little idea. As we go, those lines of good and evil seem to get more and more blurred, right? Because, you know, Jonas has been our hero basically throughout unqualified. So far this season, we've associated Adam with, the bad guys, and now we find out that Jonas is Adam. So that really has us question, you know, these labels of of good and evil, right? Right. Well, right, and it almost seems to be setting up a scenario whereby one Jonas is trying to prevent another Jonas from, you know, a, a particular end game that he has. So. It just, well, we've got three Jonas's at play now. Well, you know? sure, yeah. Like, he's all over the place. And, and <laughs> yeah. each of them, you know, like you have the young guy who's still learning. He's still, a, you know, a, a Tyro. And then the middle-aged Jonas who seems to be more disillusioned but still hopeful. And then, of course, Adam, who is, you know, with his suits and his nice office down inside the caves under the church seems to be the guy in charge yeah now speaking of the guy in charge uh we see a little bit of clausen and the thing that really strikes me about tonight's episode is this whole mission that he's on that now seems to have a personal component beyond the police angle i mean when he's driving with waller and he waller asks him you know how'd you get this job did you volunteer Oh, yes. Yeah. So. Right. Right. Not just a yeah, but oh, yeah. Right. Kind of a little crazy look in his eye there. Right. So is he going to turn out to be somebody that we know? Maybe either way, it's it's fascinating how his character is going to end up playing out in this. And does he know more than he's let on? So. I mean, clearly, I think he knows more, or at least he's not, he's got an agenda that is not to solve Mickle's case and Orange's case, you know, like you'd see as he's talking to Alexander, his discussion starts off like, oh, well, you came here in 86. This is about the time that uh, Mads disappeared. And he's like, nah, I was, that happened before I got here, dog. Right. And then, but that doesn't put him off, you know, right. like all of a sudden it's like, oh, now let me ask you about your name. And that becomes his focus. Like, wait a second, dude, you're supposed to be um, trying to investigate a disappearing kid and police officer. What's the deal with, you know, harassing Alexander about his name? Right. I mean, I, I think uh, he probably, as you said, knows more than he's letting on. But then I start thinking about it and wonder, well, why don't you confront people more about specific things? So again, this this is a great mystery. We've got half a season to go after uh, tonight. So I guess if if you're a guy who who does have a license, does have a car, can't really go around confronting people because you just don't know who you're going to need for a ride, you know? Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, you know, like Game of Thrones fans, when we get the big reveal, it's like, oh, she's Jon Snow's aunt. Well, yeah. n- not not that we haven't made the connections previously, but they're laid out for Katarina in this episode. Yeah, I'm her son and your grandson. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and of course- Well, she just laughs. Well, know? right. But it's also great because it comes on the heels. She assumes older Jonas is uh, Hannah's new boy toy. 
Right. <laughs> and, uh, so, but then, and, and which and apparently in this family, you can't put that out of the play. Yeah, good point. Now, I I think it's younger Jonas that asks this: the prophecy. How did it arise? The book. Who wrote it? And then the, the young answer, Noah. Yes, whoever wrote it had already seen the past and future, and I, I certainly would guess that he's referring to Jonas. So, but I thought, we, well, yeah, you know, it's funny because I always assumed Claudia wrote that book, right? Yeah, but it's her notebook, which could have been given to her by freaking anyone, honestly. Right. So, for all we know, Noah gave her that, and right. it's just another one of those. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, there's paradoxes where the thing doesn't have any origin point. It just right. is. All right. Well, we're basically limited to 1921 and 1987 in this episode. As we said, we had the very brief uh, encounter in 2053, but we get that opening shot of Jonas. And I mean, it looks like he just materializes in a field of grain wearing his yellow suit. I mean, did I miss something? Yeah, well, at the end of the last episode, or the last time we saw him, he was walking into the um, Kai particle. And then just poof, ends up in the field, and, and, poof ends and we up see in, his, right, we see his neck bleeding, and, and yeah. uh, the two farmers encounter him, and, and I think most of us are watching that, and they're using those hand tools to cut grain, and, and I, I suspect i'm like everybody it's like all right when did they start using right uh machine you know machinery could this be 1888 yeah that my but, first thought uh, was that it was 1888 um you see the guys dressed it's summer there they have long sleeves and long pants and suspenders and there's you know there's caps on yeah and no machines everyone's using hand i mean i i don't know if if that's i i get that's probably right on the cusp of you know, that transformation where everything changes, like around the 1920s, I guess, is when people really just stop using hand tools in agriculture and it just moved to all machinery. I mean, it can't be far away, right? Well, right. And then when they start walking through the streets of Wyndon and we get a sense that it appears to be 1921, the men are talking about the war, and then it starts to make sense because, of course, if you know your history, which I know you do, Germany was devastated coming out of World War I, and it took them a long time to get back on their feet. So it seems entirely likely, even if machinery was available, true, the average farmer probably didn't have access right. to it at that's, that point. That's a great point. Right. Right. But uh, the people take him in and, and one of the first connections that we make is to the young girl. Oh, boy, what a little cutie. Uh, yeah. So no surprise when we hear her called Agnes. And right. I, I think it's safe to say this is Agnes Nielsen because we obviously learned previously that Agnes and Noah are brother and sister. Um, so that's his great grandmother, right? Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, so but now, he doesn't. I mean, um, that's just the, 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 even getting into that, following that family tree. But one thing I wanted to say that's really good because about you know they they say you know where were you stationed, and obviously he's still not a hundred percent sure what time period he's in, right? So he's got to be kind of cagey with his answer. So he just says the Eastern Front, which is a pretty safe bet for a German like that. And a lot of the wars involved in even in the 19th century had an Eastern front, you know, and everything. So, you know, there's good call and everyone just kind of like immediately is like, oh my God, well, that explains it and everything. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, he can get away with just playing the shell shocked soldier, you know, even several years after the end of the war, if he needs to, which he, as it turns out, he really doesn't. But one of the things that struck me and, and Fred mentions this in his feedback is this the first time we've seen a traveler go more than one point in time? So in other words, uh, you know, it, it, can you only go from 87 to 54 or 87 to 2020? It's not because thinking, we well, saw no. Ulrich. Ulrich. It went, yeah, right. went from 2019 to 1953. Right, but that was through the tunnel, and I think we speculated right. at the time that, okay, if you take this fork, you right. go to this year. Right, if you right. take that fork, you go to this year. And, and of course, we know that Jonas uses the God particle, so 
again, we don't know, but he goes from 2053, which seems to be the high point in, in time, to 1921. So it's almost like he went from the end back to the beginning. And of course, we are talking time loops here. So, uh, you know, in light of evidence to the contrary, uh, that seems to be what's happening here. This is definitely the biggest jump, um, yeah, that we've seen. Right. And then when he meets and talks to young Noah, who he's never met this version of Noah before. Right. And Noah says, first, I pictured you differently as if he knew he was going to come. And it doesn't take long. And I'm glad they speeded up that whole recognition thing yeah. with those two and, and that he essentially establishes that, oh, yeah, I'm aware of the time travel, even though it's 1921. And I mean, it looks like we're. Uh, yeah, we're fairly. We're, we're harvesting wheat with freaking hand tools. It, yeah, exactly. But I know time travel exists, right? But uh, you know, Jonas knows the cave, and even though he used the God particle to travel this time, he he, he knows the cave is is another means of time travel. So he we assume he's pieced those things together, but. You know, he goes, and this is what you were mentioning earlier. I mean, he goes in the tunnel, and of course, he f- learns that the tunnel's not finished. And that realization and recognition that crap, I'm stuck in 1921. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a concept we haven't seen before in time travel, where somebody lives out their life. Heck, we we, we saw that in Blink that the. the famous doctor mm-hmm. who episode right? right yep yep well and we see here so, with with ulrich sure you know, ulrich yeah, exactly has since 1954 been just living his life in the insane asylum yeah and, and i'm glad that more and more uh facebook group posters have been mentioning that uh, you know that that they were certain that older Ulrich was the same actor that played the uh the adult and and of course as we've said it it, it's not but Jonas emerges from the cave and he finds Noah young Noah sitting on a rock eating an apple so what's the deal with Noah sitting on the rocks outside the cave eating apples cutting it with a knife yeah and cutting it with a knife it's like it's it's just this thing you know just something he started doing when he was a kid and just kind of really liked just kind of continued with it uh like forever apparently Right. And talking about forever, he says it's going to take another 32 years to finish the the cave tunnels, I guess. So uh, so settle in, bro. You know, Don't mess with that. Exactly. In, in the meantime, I'm going to take you to church, which, again, we've seen still under construction. And, and this is a fascinating structure that, uh, you know, there are all sorts of levels that, that we learn about. But Noah tells Jonas, that he's not a traveler yet, but soon I will be. And of course, right on cue, adult Noah walks in and, and now he's got to kind of process the whole idea of two Noahs in the same place. But, you know, I, I thought about that. That shouldn't come as that big a surprise right. because he's already met his older self. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like really cool of the timing of it. But then, of course, Noah was able to nail the timing on it because he knew it was going to happen so yes yeah. <laughs> that's one of the beauties of, of all of this and, and and of course the 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 adults down in the bunker because you know this episode it almost breaks down to the adults doing their thing and the kids doing their thing in in the 2020 segment that we'll get to in a couple minutes so uh uh yeah absolutely but noah takes jonas into another room and there's this elevator <laughs> I, I, I don't know where that is. I mean, again, I'm not sure whether we learn. Is it below the caves, in the caves? And then we've got that ornate well, entrance. They, they go, like, there's like a back room in the church. That's the elevator. And then the elevator then goes down to the underground cavern where there's like this temple built into right. this underground cavern. You know, old Noah tells his younger self that adam is going to send jonas on this predetermined path so that the last cycle may begin and of course we've heard that before and now you know we hear adult jonas saying that his his purpose is to stop that cycle from happening but jonas uh, the teenage jonas uh, 
sees the blueprints and the beginnings. Did you notice the, the beginnings of the device sitting there? Uh-huh. Didn't didn't look like it was complete, but I guess we really couldn't be sure. I'm sure Fred right. has a screen cap of it and uh, <laughs> has blown that up, but it is there. But Adam walks in and he says, traveling leaves its mark on all of us, which, you know, as I said earlier, I wonder if that's the explanation for his scars that he has traveled so much that, you know, it's left him in this state. And and again, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, so he's got the high collar. And then, of course, he reveals the, the neck scars and, you know, yeah. that, that line, I am you. Like, ooh, okay. So. You're thinking like, hey, why, me, why don't you time travel to a place where they have like plastic surgery? How, how about that? So uh, the B story takes place in 2020. And as I said, it kind of breaks down into two parts, the adults and the kids. But even before we get that, at, at the beginning, we get the June 24th, 2020, three days until the apocalypse. Uh, and we see Jonas and Martha in bed again, but this time it's her that wakes from the dream and, and she's in tears. And, and, you know, look, we've said they're all great actors and, you know, to, you know, really to really make a point of doing what Fred suggested last week, Lisa Vacari, who we have mentioned her before the, the actor that plays uh, Martha, just, just really phenomenal. I mean, she's in tears and, and just torn up and, and and Katarina the same way we'll get to her in a little bit just such great acting really across the board but yeah, definitely well her like yeah she yeah she kind of um stuck out for me too in this one so yeah now let's go ahead and start with the adults Charlotte Peter the stranger aka adult Jonas Hannah and Katarina and uh you know we learned that Charlotte's called in sick because she's going through her grandfather's things and finds the blueprint for the device but you know that we get that scene at uh, Hannah's house and uh, you know I I love when adult Jonas just you know walks down into the kitchen you know, we see his back. I mean, it looks sort of scarred. And at first I thought, did he, is there the brief outline of that uh, sick Mundus tattoo or was I just imagining that? That I don't know. Didn't notice. Okay. So yeah. probably not then because if it was, we were probably meant to notice that. But I guess what strikes me there is that he's at home. Goes down to the kitchen, don't need a shirt, it's my house, right. I'm just here with my mom, open up the fridge, pull out the, I don't know what the heck it was that he was drinking, it looked like milk. I think, yeah, it's milk, yeah, yeah. Um, I, because I'm like, dude, dude I, you're like 50, you could have a beer there now, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, or anything else other than milk. I mean, I put milk on my uh, raisin brand, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, but if you days. think about it, though, it's a nice little time because, you know, the very first scene that he's in... He comes down, goes to the fridge, and there's no milk. And he yells upstairs, we need milk. And then there's Hannah banging oh, over the upstairs. Oh, my God. Good catch. Thank you. Nice. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. Oh, that's great. But he finds Alexander's gun and passports and wants to know what's going on. And I wonder why she doesn't just tell him. It almost as if I believe you about who you are. I know what you've shown me. But I, I just don't understand why she wouldn't tell him the truth, because given everything she knows and has seen, couldn't this perhaps be part of the, the greater story? But eh, this is Hannah. So I guess in some cases yeah. there's no rhyme nor reason to what she does. Yeah, especially with, like, as you said, like everything that they've revealed to each other. Like, yeah. Why would she? hold back on on this one doesn't quite make sense but um you know part of it also i guess is the fact that she is blackmailing alexander and you know that's not legal so yeah you know, it's just something that she habitually keeps a secret maybe i don't know yeah that, that's true and, and and again speaking of secrets you know charlotte shows up and and hannah kind of just blurts out the truth and uh 
she immediately shows him the group photo, points to know he's one of them and all of that. And, and uh, all right, so we get to the, the bunker and, and Charlotte shows adult Jonas and Hannah, you know, the evidence wall. And of course, Peter's there. And Hannah's upset that no one told her about time travel. You know, as if you've known all along and you didn't tell me, well, they haven't really known all along, right? I mean, they're kind of learning along the way as well. So, well, but they, what they did know all along was that Michael was Mickle, right? Well, I guess they knew it longer. So, I, you know, yeah. I guess that is true that they certainly could have right. told and, her and that. Right, and they're not time traveling, so it's not like they could, you know, go back to a time and tell, you know, like if they found out and then they, they're already married, it's like, uh, well, what are you going to do? You know, they're married now, so. All right, but in all fairness, why didn't you tell me about the time travel? Well, because you probably would have thought we were crazy, um, and 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 look, certainly Hannah is not the uh, paragon of stability, you. Yeah. Know. In the town anyway, so there is that. Well, even with Katerina, they're like, well, we have to show, like, you know, Charlotte's like, I have to show you. And they show her, what they show her are pictures on the wall, which is not so much proof as as from Katerina's point of view, it only makes them seem even crazier, right? Well, Well, sure. And again, it's not like when... Claudia from 1987 goes to 2020 and has difficulty you know, operating the technology. But I, I think for Katarina, when she is brought to the bunker and, and sees the things on the wall, it's certainly reasonable that going on inside of her head is, oh, so you guys know how to use Photoshop right. or you've digitally created these things just to drive me crazy or to poke fun at me or so. so so there's certainly you know a reasonable approach that she would take but you know as they're riding there we found them both they're not dead but they're not here and, and again katarina uh, her character is just so emotional you know if, if we really break down what katarina is is going through her husband just disappeared her youngest son disappeared before that the the, her whole world has just been turned upside down and and now these people are telling her oh well your husband's son are okay and alive but they're just not here and bt dubs your son is michael who you grew up with and uh you know and and you've known almost your whole life right and and the final statement out of her mouth is that you've all lost your minds. And again, you know, and they understand her reaction. And, you know, we keep mentioning the, the actor, Yordis Treble. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. That, that place Katerina is just so torn up. I mean, she's, she's teetering on the edge and, and you understand she's lost her husband and her son, and has no idea. And now you people are telling me that they're alive, but they've time traveled. Gotcha. Yeah, right. You people are nuts. Yeah. And, and, and storms out, but we get that then great scene when she goes to the school and I'm sure you're like me. It's like, all right, why is she going in the teacher's lounge? What the hell's in the teacher's lounge? But uh, she goes through the 86 files. She finds Michael Conwald, sees the class picture and there's Mickle you know, front and center. And do we accept at this point that she feels that they're telling the truth now? Uh, yeah, I think she's definitely, you know, obviously is, has validated what they said. Okay. Unless they went the other step to completely mess with her and Photoshopped the uh, the picture from, from that year. But but no, I mean, obviously we see from her reaction. And again, uh, you're just treble. Great job of... Just completely showing a mother utterly devastated, you know, just completely yeah. breaks down. It's yeah. a really powerful scene. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and a scene that we've been waiting for for quite a while, although we don't get the answer. Uh, Colossen and Waller are driving, and, and they almost hit 
1987 Claudia, who's walking down the middle of the highway. I'm not sure what that's all about. But right before that, what distracts him, so what happened to your eye? <laughs> and of course, yeah. we don't get an answer at this point. Well, but, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, well, let me tell you. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. like so, not that uh, they would have con- continued the conversation, you know, right after. Like, what, what were you about to say? I don't know. It's, I almost hit that lady. I completely forgot what we were talking about. Let's, let's talk about something else, you know. Right. So, you know, the final scene uh, for the adults, you know, they're in the bunker trying to figure out what to do next. And an adult Jonas tells them that Adam said there's a loophole. Adam wants the last cycle to begin in three days and I have to stop it. That's why I'm here. And then, you know, the mention about Claudia that, that you talked about at the beginning of the discussion. So the kids, Magnus, Martha, Elizabeth, Francesca, a band together and i i really like the the storylines for the kids i mean it, again you know we find out that francesca and elizabeth's parents haven't been home for two days now of course we know what they're doing and maybe they feel like all right our daughter's in high school we can leave her alone for two days but dude <laughs> i'm sure you would never think about leaving your teenagers. I mean, forget that you have younger ones, nor would mine have left for two days. So, you know, there's that Magnus and Martha are dealing with their mother and and we get that, you know, real brief exchange between the two. It's like, what the hell are we going to do about her? Again, these are 17, 16, 17, 18 year olds. And it's it's just who already lost one kid. Yeah. So, you know, Magnus shows Francesco what they found in Mickle's room. And uh, even before that, when uh, Francesca and Elizabeth first come into the house and you hear him say something like, what are you doing here? And then she and her sister walk in the room and it's like, Francesca, Martha. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Just it's awkward. Yeah, really. Basically says, I'm going to the caves. You're coming with. And, and, you know, I love the fact that it's Elizabeth that steps up. And ironically, because, you know, we see her in 2053, she knows. Well, I guess her 11 year old self doesn't know the outcome. But, you know, she's like, are you sure you want to go in the cave where four kids disappeared? Yeah. Just like Francisca saying, well. You know, just stay by me. I'll make sure nothing happens. You know, let's be like, well, Mickle was supposed to stay right by freaking Jonas, and look what happened there. Well, that's you true. Know? Yeah, that that's true. Exactly. So don't give now, me the stay close and I'll be safe. I'm not right. buying it. For the most part, the dialogue is spot on, and 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 again, I mean, I'm going full on A. I don't know that I'm ready to go A plus yet, although it's tremendous episode and and this little nitpick it it, i i I hesitate to even bring it up but martha tells the others that she's dreaming about jonas as if he were still alive i'm like okay that i mean it has meaning it fits into the overall narrative i get but i don't know i guess i didn't feel like we needed that francesca then suggests maybe he saw something he wasn't supposed to see and that has to do with his disappearance. But, you know, at this point, they go in the cave. And when Ellie feels the ground shaking, at first I'm thinking, all right, is this some sort of sense that she has that the others don't because, you know, of her being deaf, that that she has, you know, <laughs> you know, more of a sense there? Or does it have something to do with a connection to her 2053 self? Uh, but no, it's just Bartosh yeah. who's walking to them carrying a case, which, again, we talked a little bit about this last week. How many devices are there? Yeah, I I, 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 mean, I guess we, we could go back and logically think it through, but I don't know. I feel like there's there's a couple in play here. Yeah, I, I got to feel like there's at least two. So I, I don't know. But they tie up Bartosh and... Did I miss something? Did Bartosh do something that warranted them, you know, pummeling him, knocking him to the ground, tying him up, and leaving him there? 
Well, I think I he mean, just pissed him well, off. Okay, so <laughs> no, but they say like, "Are you part of this?" And he basically doesn't. I don't think he. I don't think he says yes, but I don't think he says no either. And probably Magnus has just wanted to beat the shit out of Bartish for years. Uh, yeah, yeah, good point. And, and just finally was like, chance. "All right, I'm just pissed off now, I, Bartosz. Sorry, buddy." Yeah, but, well, no, but, he, but he's got the device too, right? So they that they're when they open that, I guess they already beat him up when they realized that they saw the device there. But so they leave him in the cave. Now, first thought is that, geez, you're leaving him in there to die. How's he going to get loose? Now, oh, they're probably not experts at tying somebody up, so he'll probably be able to wriggle himself free. But more to the point, is this going to mess up? the natural order of things that are supposed to happen in a certain way. So, uh, you know, he, he was supposed to have the time machine. He was supposed to do whatever it was he was supposed to do. Now he doesn't have it. So uh, I would certainly assume in episode five or, or six that it's all about Bartosh trying to recover the machine to do what it is he's supposed to do, or you're going to mess with the natural order of things. Right. Well, no, no, I'm just saying this definitely feels like, this is something unplanned. Universe didn't have this. But they think, well, but why not? This could totally be what was supposed to happen. Right. They, you know, like there's no reason to think, especially if we buy into all the, the causality we see here and the predeterminism that, you know, well, why not? I mean, yeah, this seems like this is something that was not planned. It certainly wasn't planned by... Or, or or was it, you know, was Noah like, hey, Bartosh, you need to be in the cave at this day, at this time, and then boom, that's how the others get the time machine. Well, a good point. They left out the part that you're going to get the crap beat at, beaten out of you, but right. <laughs> other than that, have a nice trip. Yeah. So, all right. Now, uh, the, the other storyline in, in this part is Claudia, 1987 Claudia traveling to 2020. And, you know, we talked about that last week. But she goes to the plant and learns that Alexander is running things. And we assume it's because she disappeared. But, you know, we get that interview scene with Clausen. And did you notice Clausen? Geez, he goes over to Alexander's desk, opens up his laptop. Stuff. Yeah. If I'm Alexander, I'm like, what the hell like, are you dude. doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like Claudia. They said, oh, yeah, the only title here is Alexander. And she's like, Alexander title. She must have just figured, who the f is that? You know, right, right. Like and, the, and I course, have no relatives named Alexander. I don't even have cousins named Alexander. What the hell? Right, and and then as Clausen's asking him questions, trying to tie Mad's disappearance to his arrival, and and the timeline doesn't work out. Well. Why'd you take your wife's name? That was strange even in 1987. And we've certainly been talking about this since the beginning. And his answer kind of makes sense, you know, just to keep the Tideman sure. name alive. And and he tells him what his real name is, or at least what the name on the passport is. We My wife used to work with a guy who took his wife's last name. Uh, that's because his last name was Dick. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> but uh, but we get to right. see Claudia go to the Wyndon Library. And I think it's easy for some people, especially maybe younger people who don't know a time without the internet, that don't know a time with a computer or two or three in the home. Because really, I mean, it wasn't internet in the home really, at least in the States, didn't come to about 93 94 and yeah. you know certainly computers were around before that but you know she goes in there she talks to the librarian right well because you had a, a big card file of right punch cards for your computer program right right but i thought she did pretty damn well figuring things out <laughs> and i love again turns well, around to that, it's, that it's a very user-friendly interface there you know well it was and, and you know she's watching that young girl hey where's the keyboard doesn't have one <laughs> and then the girl yeah. turns back but you know Claudia's and, smart. And luckily she, she she's old enough that the kids are like oh yeah old people they, they just don't know <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah you know, if she were like 
her younger self that got there, then the kid would be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Right. And thank God for touch screens, but you know, she's smart. She watches the girl yeah. and says, Oh, okay. The keyboard's on. Yeah. The, all right. And she starts tapping and, and uh, starts calling up articles. And we see the one that, that she disappeared without a trace. And, and of course things are starting to make sense, but then she returns to 1987, finds Regina asleep on the couch. And does this change the timeline she saw from the newspaper article and her disappearance? Because now she's back in 87. So she didn't disappear. So I wonder. Right. So, yeah, right. Anyway. Oh, and she, you know, she saw. Did she see that? Yes. Yeah, did Did she see that? Um, oh, hold on. Let me see what I have in my notes. Well, she did see Egon's obituary or the yes. article about the fact that he was found dead in his apartment or his right, house found dead in his apartment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, and, so there's and, there's other things here. So, like, you know, she is probably feeling like. You know, there's things that I can prevent. I know what happens. I know what happens to my daughter. I know what happens to me. I know what happens to my dad. I just have to go back in 1987 and make sure that none of that stuff happens. Right. So do we assume that Egon dies under mysterious circumstances as opposed to natural causes? Um, I, mean, the, I don't know if the article. I mean, obviously, I couldn't read it, but I mean, just when the subtitle just said that he was found dead in his apartment. I mean, he's an old guy; he has cancer, right. so you know, it's right. not like um, you know, it's not like naturally that he didn't die of those things. Yeah, I mean, Fred mentions in his feedback uh, translating the articles that we can see, and and I think that's where uh, uh, you know I, I got the the idea that that maybe there was something a little suspicious going on here. But uh, anything you want to bring up that we haven't talked about with this episode? So there's a couple things. First of all, it apparently is extremely frustrating to try and sign language and also keep a gun trained on some at the same time. Yeah, yeah, you know, I noticed with both of them, there's really like the violent motions as they're doing it. And and I guess perhaps that that shows how angry both yeah. of them are. Yeah, or, or you're passionate, sure. Right, but uh, uh, as you said, with a rifle, pretty impressive. So second thing, and this, I actually just noticed this watching it this time, and this is not a spoiler as far as I can remember at least. But I think there's really, I mean, there's probably more than one but really one character who we have not seen in any timeline except the character's own timeline we just we just see this character one timeline we don't see this character as younger we don't see this character as older and who is that peter doppler okay I, you know i thought that was the first th- thing i thought and i'm sitting here okay have we seen him all right so what does that mean? I don't know. I just thought it of it now. Something. I, just like when he was in the bunker with everyone, they're talking about time travel. I'm like, hey, this is like all the people from the 1986 crew, except Peter wasn't around in 1986. Right? Yeah. I think you're right. But Helge, and we see Helge, it's it's weird. Even uh, Charlotte, we've seen Charlotte as a kid. Uh, we've seen Katri as a kid. We've seen Hannah as a kid. You know, we've seen Ulrich, all the people of that generation, we've right. seen them as teenagers or kids, but we haven't seen Peter. Again, I'm pretty right. sure that, I, I don't recall there being anything, that being a, a big deal later or anything, because I just thought of it like watching it, you know, like yesterday, so. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, go to listener feedback and hear what Fred has to say this week, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark, Season 2, Episode 4. First off, one thing to come back to from last week. I want to talk about the English dubbing. Last week, I looked up the douchebag for Wayne, which Katarina said to Mikkel, which was spack. And it was a northern German phrase for guinea one, uh, chicken legs, you twig. But Spacken was then douchebag, more or less idiot. Uh, But nevertheless, I had to find that scene. So I looked that scene up in the English version of the episode where the douchebag was said so that I could go back and listen to it in the German version. So I had to listen a little bit to the English version there. And I thought, whoa, this is actually quite awful. 
yeah, look, we talk all the time about the casting directors, and, and I think somebody mentions this in the Facebook group. Uh, actually, that was me. What a great job they do finding actors of different ages that really look like the individuals. But the acting is just so good. And even though the English audio dubbing you know, creates a little bit of a disconnect, it doesn't matter because they're just so good. It would be nice if the dubbing was a little better. Well, German is a kind of second native language to me because my wife is German and I speak a lot of German. But I'm really, really happy I can understand that language properly because it's so, so much better. So you don't have much of a comparison, of course, because if you watch it with English subtitles and the German audio, it, it's still quite a foreign language to you, which you cannot understand or just a few words. But I really can understand it. I'm so happy that I do. And I can assure you, then it's even much better. And perhaps then even your A's become A pluses. Okay, going into episode four. What am I going to do this time? I'm just going to analyze the three newspaper articles that Claudia Tiedemann looks at at the library in 2020. The analysis of the newspaper articles will probably take so much time that there won't be a lot of time left for other feedback. I found it a very nice setting that 1987 Claudia is going to 2020 and goes to this library and has no idea how she get her digital data but okay she's a bright woman so she finds her way and then we see that she has been lost actually if you see this digital print of the newspaper there is a code on top of it and in this code there is 1987 so this new newspaper article, although there is no date on it, it is 1987. And then if we are going to read it, and I will read some uh, some of it, we see that she disappeared on June the 26th. And from episode 2, we know that the apocalypse happens on the 27th of June. Because there is a shot that says 22 June 1987, five days to the apocalypse. So... First, I thought when Claudia read this newspaper article that she is gone from that moment. But we see that she travels back to 1987 and gets home and finds her daughter Regina on the couch and she tucks her in. So it's not from that moment she is lost in 1987. Obviously, she will go back uh, to the future or the past and is then lost from that moment. So actually, we know she will go again and stay away then. And actually, I think this newspaper article is from the 28th, so after the apocalypse. So the apocalypse doesn't destroy the whole world, because this is a newspaper of the 28th of June. Because the headline says, the director of the nuclear plant is lost without any trace. And it also says that it's already for 48 hours that she's gone. Because it's interesting, I will try to translate the beginning of this newspaper article. It gets blurry anyhow further on in the article, but the beginning I can read. Okay, this Dutch guy will try to translate directly from German to English, and then I know I always get mixed up in my languages. But it starts with, in German, Zuletzt gesehen wurde sie am Mittag des 26. Junis in Beisammensein ihres Vaters, dem pensionierten Oberkommissar Egon Tiedemann. So, the last time she is seen is on the 26th of June, together with her father, the retired chief of police Egon Tiedemann. And then it says she accompanied her father who had cancer and was going to the local hospital for a cancer treatment. And this perhaps also makes it clear why Mrs. Tiedemann has cancelled her appointment with a French nuclear delegation. Her secretary has declared to the police that the, the last few days she noticed some peculiar behavior in Mrs. Tiedemann. And perhaps this has something to do with the cancer diagnosis in her father. What's also mysterious is that her father suddenly died but that the police is not willing to give any information about that at this moment. And then it goes on about who takes over the nuclear plant. 
And then further on it says that Claudia Tiedemann was the director of the nuclear plant for not much more than one year when she took over from Baron Doppler. And with that she was the first woman in Europe that had such a position. And then it becomes interesting, especially in the time period uh, this happens, because then the newspaper article says, well, because she is the first woman who is the director of such a power plant, that this is uh, perhaps due to a wrong decision and Perhaps this even proves that women are not suited for this kind of positions and that the psychological stress could have been too much for her, especially from all kinds of male colleagues in uh, in the world. Um, so typical for perhaps 87. And then the next topic Claudia looks at is the announcement that Alexander Köhler and Regina Tiedemann got married and that's on the 8th of August 1993 which means that Bartois has a maximum age of 26 in 2019 but he is a high school student so he's much younger so it took a while for Alexander and Regina got Bartois then the next article is the article about the opening of the Forest Hotel Winden with Regina on it and that has a date on top of the file of 2019. It mainly says that it's a very beautiful hotel and that it's the old residence of the Doppler family and that the, the city of Winden hopes to stimulate tourism in this way. And the next article is an article from 2020 that the Hotel Winden is closed again about 10 months after it opened. The article says that they had looked for a new manager for the hotel, but they didn't succeed in finding one. The article also says that Alexander Tiedemann said to the newspaper that the focus for the family is now on something else, namely the recovery of Regina, so that she gets better and healthy again. And furthermore, the article doubts whether these family circumstances are the only reason that the hotel is closed and they suggesting some uh, financial problems there. And then we have the article about the sudden death of Egon Tiedemann. He was found dead in his apartment because the neighbors smelled some unpleasant smells and because of the warmth in the uh, summer months started to smell quite quickly and they determined that he was dead for one day. The circumstances were a little mysterious because in the blood that was found, uh, there was something about blood, there were footsteps in the blood. So what are my conclusions or questions uh, from all of this? Claudia went with her father to the hospital on the 26th of June. That was the last time she was seen. And she is reported in the newspaper two days later, also on the 28th of June, as being missed. Whereas the apocalypse should have or has happened on the 27th. Next topic. Egon Tiedemann was found dead in his apartment. They determined that he was dead for one day. And there is an inconsistency because the newspaper article, the headline said that he was found on the 26th and he was dead for one day. So that would be the 25th. The other article about Claudia says that she has been seen for the last time with her father in the hospital on the 26th. I don't know what to make of this. Do you have any ideas? Furthermore, the circumstances were mysterious because in the blood there were footsteps of somebody else. So it looks more or less that Egon Tiedemann has been killed. Could have been that Claudia. Knowing that her father has cancer, knowing that the apocalypse comes, does she know that actually? And it is clear that Regina went back to 1987 before she finally disappeared permanently. So this is all very interesting if you can read these articles and see the dates and what happened there. Okay, very briefly some other topics. 
In this episode it becomes clear that it is possible to travel more than 33 years at a time. Jonas goes from 2053 to 1921. That's a jump of 132 years. Question here is of course, are these big jumps only possible via the God particle and not with the smaller time machines? Another topic I want to address is Katerina, who goes to the bunker and doesn't believe Charlotte, Peter and the older Jonas, and especially of course not Hannah. But still, she goes in the school archives and is then devastated in discovering that Michael Kahnwand is really her Michael. It starts to become more and more evident that almost all characters starting to know that time travel does exist. Only a few characters don't know about it. And then, of course, Adam being Jonas. That was a big surprise, of course, and which is not completely clear. How does this affect the relationship between Noah and Adam? Does Noah actually know that Adam is Jonas? And with all this new information about Agnes and Noah's parents, her mother is their mother is called Erna and the father still hasn't a name, um, Adam being Jonas, the deaf woman in 2053 being Elizabeth, I made a new pedigree and it's actually an adapted pedigree with originally a lot of spoilers in it. But this is a pedigree that uh, I call it a half season pedigree because it has no spoilers for episode 5 and beyond. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. All right, so that was a pretty extensive piece of feedback and, and talking about extensive Fred and his newspaper analysis, dude, that's quite a project, but Fred, I don't <laughs> think there's anybody I'd rather have do it than, than you. Uh, yeah. So, um, and, and, and it got me to thinking that, oh, look, obviously you, sometimes as Americans, we think, every, you know, it, we're American centric about things. So I start thinking like, well, how are American viewers supposed to, well, then do some research, you know, find somebody like Fred that can, uh, right. decode it for <laughs> you or whatever listen but, to our show right but exactly but uh, i'm guessing that there are some important tidbits in there you know I, I do like his conclusion about the dates surrounding claudia's disappearance and and reappearance and and you know we, we mentioned previously the whole thing about the calendar in in hannah's house and and that it, it seems we can maybe make the conclusion that the timeline does get changed yeah let's see he brings up the time travel jumps we talked about that he, he brings up katarina's acting and, and again uh, we've said a couple times yordas treble uh, you know and, and i don't know about you but i've gone to imdb to look for other things that that these actors have been in and uh, unfortunately m virtually everything is unavailable to us on u.s netflix so right. uh, i guess we'll We'll have to uh, see. But uh, if you are a member of the F Facebook group, then you know how many great screen caps and, and graphs and charts that Fred posts there. And, and he's updated the family tree for the four families and, you know, any other important individuals to the dark storyline. So he apparently is going to update that as he can in other words you know keeping spoiler free you know as new information arises in each episode but yeah some some great stuff from fred again this week uh, anything you want to bring up that you know he mentioned i think a lot of it we talked about yeah i i assume you're going solid a as opposed to uh a plus oh definitely you know i don't know like yeah i mean this, obviously it's a, a really good episode i don't know oh, like, dude you're not going a minus <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with this solid a right? it, it, uh, it was I'll really good but i don't I know mean, it's bully just, you i mean well you you, you kind of did but that's all right <laughs> all right so we'll go solid a unless you uh facebook message me later when you know from the safety I have a, of your home just my, my conscience can't take it hide, hide behind your keyboard that's okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well anyway uh we'll go ahead and leave it there and that's going to do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about dark anything else going on in genre tv 
encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community, and if you're already a member, spread the word. As we said, emails always go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to continue our discussion of dark with season two, episode five titled lost and found. But until then, Oh, sorry. I was, I was looking at his family tree. Just totally spaced. <laughs>